0: i think i'm living a very satisfied life because uh as i told you like i always i am always connected with society and nature and and I've been working with them, and then I'm so strongly connected with these things. They make me so satisfied, you know, like whenever I go to the village and then work, and then we've complete one grid, like let's say we complete one project. And in the last night I see this happiness in the eyes of the people, like even some of them cry because of the happiness. And then all these things actually satisfy me and my soul. We are sharing this world or this universe with all the beings with us around, and then all of them have their own frequency and vibration, and we have to respect that. So satisfaction is the biggest thing, because whatever you do in your life, like every day, let's say, like, are you really satisfied with what you are doing? What you have been doing? Or what you are planning to do? With whom you are living? What kind of nature you are living? Yeah. So you need, satisfaction in different forms in different dimensions so if you are satisfied in all these perspectives of life then actually you are satisfied.
1: Hey you've just joined a journey with Bernie greetings my dear friends and thank you so much for joining me and today's wonderful guest my name is Bernie Kelly and I'm your very enthusiastic show host. Why? Because I woke up this morning I don't know about you, but I'm still breathing. I've been expressing my joy for life as a corporate leadership and team building coach for 30 years now. But I've also loved working in the schools, guiding students and our young ones, just to open up their eyes to see more, to do more, to be more. I'm an explorer who wants to take you and them to the summit of Kilimanjaro. Hey, how about the base of Mount Everest or the intrigue of the Peruvian Machu Picchu or that epic spiritual adventure across Northern Spain, the Camino. Yes, I'm a lover of nature and I am a consumer of life. And that's why this podcast exists. You see, it's a simple exploration of what you and I need to do to find greater love for self, to inspire our own sustainable inner happiness, and to discover greater meaning in our humble lives. Of course, I don't have the answers, but that's why each week you and I will explore the life purpose and the perspectives and paradigms of our wonderful podcast guests who will share with us their strategies their thoughts, their actions, that just might bring greater meaning to our lives. Hey, we're all on this journey, folks. So today, let's together put on our hat of curiosity and explore life's possibilities. And let's do it together on this episode of A Journey with Bernie. Now, you should be very, very interested and very curious about this episode because it's coming from Kathmandu, Nepal. Specifically, room four of the Patala Guesthouse Hotel in the Nepalese capital. Therefore, There may be a few extraneous background noises, um, a little bit of air conditioning that we can't get rid of at the moment. Who knows, folks? Even the generator may take the electricity away from us. Hey, welcome to this podcast, this episode of A Journey with Bernie. I know I'm always excited, but I found today's guest, Breakfasting. In Kathmandu Guest House. Gee, that's a great place. If you ever visit the Nepalese capital, you must go to the Kathmandu Guest House. Wonderful, wonderful place with a terrific history. This young man's name is Ravi GC. I'll repeat that again. It's Ravi GC. And the exciting thing about Ravi GC is he claims he's got a divine connection. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think Ravi should explain exactly what that means. Ravi, welcome to a journey with Bernie. Great to have you here. Divine connection? What is all that about, please, Ravi?
0: Thanks, Bernie. So, divine connection is uh is a group of people like who is uh who is sharing this world with like different perspectives. It's not just like uh, living like the normal life of like earning money, going to job and then doing business and all these things. But it's beyond that. It's, it's like a group of people who are together serving to various people who need help in various rural parts of Nepal. And then we are this group of people who, who think in a different perspectives of living life, uh, serving others. So when you
1: say rural parts of Nepal, and I, I hear this word connection before, what exactly are you bringing to rural Nepal?
0: So we do various different kind of projects in the rural Nepal depending upon their needs. So before we uh, we go to rural Nepal, we do a need-based assessment so that what how we can help them, how we can collect those data and there are some specific group of people who really want to do those things. So uh, it's, with, it's with the lifestyles, like the power they have, or it's with the agricultural things, or it's with the health posts, or with the schools, or the drinking water and irrigation supplies. So basically... Um, we were lucky enough to find our foundation called Give Power Foundation. Uh-huh. And then they are they are supporting us with our uh, this imagination to have rural Nepal in various prospects. So we have been working here with Give Power since 2016. But before that also, we used to organize various students camp in various schools. And then make the school management things, we make a training to the teachers, and then we do very basic things as a students. you know. We started it with uh, Student United Mission, what we call SOM. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in a very yeah. young age.
1: So you've been doing this for quite a while, but I'm hearing so many activities. Did I get it right? You're bringing connection, but I think... I heard the word power before. Yeah, is, does that mean an electrical yeah. connection? <laughs> yeah, it's
0: it's also like uh, what happens with uh, like our projects is like we we try to power those villages and communities who do not have electricity at all. Or even if they have electricity, it's very unreliable, especially in various remote mountains of Nepal, because of the landscapes and land floods and all these natural calamities that has been happening for so many years. Like the earthquake, it goes like every 10, 15 years, a bigger one. And then we see all these changes in those lifestyles and it's making the people live more harder, you know? Yeah, yeah. So so what we do is like we empower them with the solar And then we drew various kinds of solar mini grids in various rural parts of this country with the help of Give Power Foundation.
1: So I understand that even this week you had a group of foreigners that came to you and together with you and your wonderful organization, The Divine Connection, they actually delivered a solar electricity solution to a village. Can you describe what happened during the week?
0: Yeah. So last week uh, we had a group uh, with uh, Courtney and his friends. So they are they are from the United States. So actually, they want they 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 joined our program to do a mini grid in one of the rural villages in Daulagiri region. So last Sunday, we we flew from here to Jeltung village in Magdi district of Nepal. And which, that village, it lies uh, in a trekking trail, but uh, they do not have electricity at all. And wow. that is the last village for the starting of the trek in that trail. And that is Daulagiri region is like really very challenging and hard one of the hard treks because they don't have all the tourism facilities there like the tea house or like um because we have to go expedition ways you know like we have to go camping and then we have to take a lot of troops there and then we thought like that village is somewhere in the foretales of the Himalayas and it's, it's, it's not having the electricity at all. Yeah, yeah. So it's very really hard for the people to um, connect with the outer world, charge yeah. their phones and do some agro-processing things and even like do any kind of tourism activities, you know, like because for everything, that's imagine like you don't have uh, electricity at all. So cool.
1: just for 24 hours. Like and that. how would your life be? Well, they can't boil a cup of tea. Nothing. No electricity. They, they can't make any furniture with uh, electrically driven tools. Yeah. 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 They can't turn on a light to study at night time or read a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you saying that that village on a prominent trekking trail now as a result of the visit of your American participants... These are people who pay to come to join you, yes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As a result of their visit, there is now a solar grid that serves that village. Yeah. yeah. So
0: we recently installed 10 kilowatt of solar system there yes. and we also made like 2 kilometers of the distribution lines yes. for all the villages, for all the households because all the villages are scattered. So we started we entered through giving power to them with electricity and then we do, we opened many doors of opportunities for them now because last week when I was in the village and I was talking with these village people like so now what are you gonna do and then one of this guy he told me like he's going to buy a big deep freezer so that he can (laughs) sell chill beer and then (laughs) chill coca-cola for the (laughs) trekkers and that is a good income source for him you know like so that's how like we we just power that village to upon many opportunities of income generating and self-sustaining projects they can do there and then I think that's how we we make the people's life more better
1: wonderful 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 (laughs) And, and how many villages do you believe over time? How long have you been doing this for? How long has Divine Connection been bringing solar panel solutions to different villages? And how many villages have you impacted?
0: So with, uh, with Keep Power Foundation, we have been doing with uh, since 2015. But um, before that, we used to do on our own. So like with the solar and the power, we have been working since 2015. So we have done more than uh, 80 villages in various parts of the country uh, with the schools, with the health posts, with the water lifting and then with irrigation, with agricultural food processing and food security Um but besides that, we have been work- we have worked with other entrepreneurs from Nepal as well Wonderful. in the time of uh, rescue. So let's say like um, uh, when there was an earthquake, 2015. 2015 yeah, yeah. that was uh, when I, I had I had an army friend, and then he invited me to his lounge, and then we were having discussion, and then I was asking him like, "What you guys are doing at this emergency?" Time and then they are saying like, oh, we are rushing every day in the helicopter to the various rescue places, and we have done this much rescues and all this thing. And then we we thought like, what is the problem with you guys? And then they told like, we don't have any any electrical supplies in those remote places in order to charge our communication radios. Wow! And then I called one of my senior brothers who was working in a solar grid company. He was a a general manager of that company. And then I told him my idea and he said like, Oh, why do we let's do it like in 10, 15 different villages. And then they they accepted that project and we installed like 15 different solar grids in different parts where the choppers land, and then a lot of armies are working there for the rescue, and then we we developed this grid system just to charge, make it a charging station for all the radios and communication systems.
1: I can only imagine, you're just alerting me now, drastic earthquakes, and then you go out to the village to help them recover from the earthquakes. But there's no electricity there to be able to allow you to communicate with other authorities who are also going to support your your recovery. Yeah, that, it must have just slow down the prospects of recovery enormously. Not having electricity. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you then played a major role, a significant role, in helping to accelerate some of recovery after the 2015 earthquakes. Yeah. But did I hear you say before that divine connection that predominantly creates solar panel grids, brings power and electricity to villages, and then offshoots that to the school, yeah. to agricultural perhaps manufacturing organisations, Um and to other key aspects of the village a little medical center yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah you have done that for 80 villages
0: yeah with the solar we have done with 80 villages but besides that we also uh, we also have a good f- circle of friends like who collect money to support various scholarship programs for the rural schools students bring them to city and then sponsor them for the undergraduate programs and then um, and then there are a few friends who have been working with like a uh, uh children who have be- who has lost their parents during the earthquake yeah, time, yeah. And then they ha- they have connection with this Singapore Foundation, and then we have been working with those group of people for making a hostel for them, yeah, and then making them learn in that environment who have lost both of their parents, yeah, father yeah. and mother, yeah. So Besides projects, we also do in other dimensions of work wherever like people and society needs us. Yeah. We also work, we also have our community reforestation program that we do every year. And then we just plant trees in, uh, in some random villages where there is a community, but they have. Uh, lost so many trees there in their land and we try to plant the native trees so that they will regrow their spring waters and then we see the changes Mm. so I would like to tell you on this note like once uh, like we did one project in 2017 in um, in a village in Sinduli and it's all deserted you know It's, it's a Kosi corridor so there is there are many big rivers in Nepal so one of the biggest is the Kosi river and on its corridors towards the southern side like after the earthquake they have lost due to the tectonic movement they have lost the spring water sources from their forest And there is no more spring water in that village, you know. Yeah. And now it's like everything is turning into sand yeah. and desert. And then we we just thought, like, we should bring solar panel to this village and then pump yeah. the water for drinking purpose and irrigation. Yeah. And we told them, like, you need to make us promise that you plant all the native trees after we do this project. And... And the guy, the government leader, like he was a young guy there, Raju, and then you know, he said, like, we will keep your promise. And then after three years, when we went to the village, like we could see everything is green, you know. Wow. Like, so kept the like, promise. Yeah, yeah, the vegetation yeah. is coming up yeah. and and then it, it makes your soul feel so happy when you see like the, all these native trees and plants yeah. and the environments are reviving yeah. through the solar panels yeah. and through the projects we develop.
1: Is Divine Connection your business? Uh, or are you the founder of Divine Connection? So, yeah, so Divine
0: Connection, I don't call myself a founder because it's like something that happened when like, like-minded like people and then like, like-minded friends came together to talk about society and then let's do something different, let's do something that they don't have. Because whenever we traveled in our high school time towards the rural areas, we were like uh, really like... backpacker straker and we used to go to random villages and see and feel the villages and the changes that we could see to them that time and then we could see the effects of the local climate variations that the global warming is bringing and back those days and then we saw like they will be having more serious problems in the days to come you know so that we started few projects there and then this divine connection it is called divine connection because all these like-minded people, all this beautiful soul, they came together to make this happen from their
1: ways. Yeah. You know, these are university buddies. These are, these are students. These are friends that you met yeah. at university. Yeah. And to you, you would spend holidays putting on a backpack mm. and just going rural. Yeah. <laughs> and you discovered these needs and you responded to these needs and that was the seed and the birth of what you today call divine connection. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you mentioned these American visitors. Yeah. How many people, therefore, have visited, in a way, your business, your projects, and I'm assuming they pay a fee. Yeah. And out of that fee comes some monies that actually feed these projects. Is yeah. that how it works?
0: Yeah. So what we have is like for the solar projects and this client, we call it a solar trick yeah. So it is one of the solar most.
1: Solar
0: <laughs> Yeah, solar trick And it is one of the most unique projects that we do in Nepal. But in Nepal, we have a, another company called Solar School. So Gip Power Foundation has done a contract with Solar School. And... Um, all the projects of Give Power is handled by the Solar School. Now, so,
1: Solar gift School is the American American foundation, foundation, yeah. foundation. I'm assuming a very big foundation. Yeah, it's got plenty of um, plenty of money and, and opportunity to attract other people to come to Gift Power. They then send them to Solar School yeah. and Divine Connection. Yeah, how many people from overseas have you have you greeted? and got involved in your projects?
0: Uh, till date, like, we have more than 300 people. Wow, okay. Uh, uh, we were a little bit disturbed by the uh, COVID,
1: COVID for, yeah. like,
0: two years. But before that, like, we used to organize five, six tricks every year yeah. for different corporates. And then um, in the future, we have more projects till 2024. Sure. But
1: when you, you said the word corporate, so yeah. they're not just individual people, they are also could be Corporate teams? Yeah.
0: So, actually, what happens is like all these corporate teams or families or friends, they buy these different kind of trick, tricks with Power Foundation. Yeah. And then all these trick programs in Nepal is handled by Solar School. Yeah. So, whenever the Power Foundation has the list of tricks that have been bought for Nepal, then they send us the calendar. And based on this this calendar, we develop projects, we monitor the projects, and then uh, we, we implement those projects.
1: Okay. Ravi, how do you get paid? <laughs> well, I'm <laughs> like, how do you, you're giving a lot of energy to a lot of different projects and they're not just solar panel projects, although I'm, I'm, I'm sensing there's sort of like about 80% of your, of your work or your effort. So what's in it for Ravi?
0: Uh, it's just like, uh, few more few money to leave you know like uh, i always tell like people like of course we all need cash we need to earn but it is not everything you know it's a very useful tool but it's not everything so uh for me like i don't need like so much of money i don't want to be a big big corporate or like i just don't want to go to that part because half of my life i have already gone through so many rural areas so many rural projects uh but for me, uh, Solar School uh, pays me a consulting fee okay. and then uh, that is funded by... Give Power Foundation. Uh, Besides that, like there are some of my friends who support my projects so that we collectively collect money to yeah. do other kind of projects in the rural areas. Is that a
1: weekly fee that you get? Is it a guaranteed weekly fee? It's a monthly fee, yeah. Uh, a monthly fee. Yeah. So you're, you're guaranteed a, a, a monthly income yeah. through all this wonderful uh, service work that, yeah. you, that you did. Where did you learn to be so community orientated I, I suppose i'm asking you to go back to childhood and what was the what was the stimulus for you to think this way see the value of this pathway
0: so actually uh, i grew up uh, in a in a business family but uh, it was like a struggle for my father whenever, like, let's say, let's go back to like 50 years ago, 55 years ago, when he just came from a village to a city to do something, you know, and yeah. and he worked really very hard, like, um, he, did, he did everything, you know, like like a lot of trades, going to the Himalayas, bringing the sheeps and then um, bringing the yaks, and then bringing the geese and selling it to the cities and then started a small business and they worked really very really hard. Uh, my parents worked really very really hard and then, um, half of my life was struggling because my parents were struggling with their life to make money. And half of my life was like, they, they earned a lot of money to make their own sustainable, you know. Yeah, and yeah. at one point, what they did is like, this started to give it back to the society. So let's say we have a good business uh, at my hometown. Yeah. So what we do is like, we do pay... We, give, we make different kinds of social projects uh, to give back to the society. So 40% of our income goes back to the society every year in different forms of projects to help the people, you
1: know. But now, slow down on me. Slow down on me. Here, yeah. you know, because what I'm hearing here is this. Your parents were struggling, yeah. but they did start a business. What was the town that you grew up in? Pokhara. Oh, Pokhara is a major, yeah. like a major city. It's really the, the the entrance yeah. to the Annapurna region. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you grew up in Pokhara. Um, what was what was the nature of their business? What, what did they what did they create? Uh,
0: they, they sold. They still sell. Like we have a business of electrical supplies. Oh,
1: where stop it? <laughs> So, you, you actually grew up with electricity all around? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> all the lights and bulbs. <laughs> so,
1: the light switches uh, and the, the, the various uh, yeah. chandeliers, I'm imagining, or, or, or things to do with electricity and bringing light to, to, to houses. Your parents were, were selling those items, accessories. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 And did it become successful? Yeah, it, it was a huge
0: success. Wow. And then, like uh, they had a, uh, they had like more than fifty to sixty percent markets here in the town at those times. Pokhara, yeah. What fifty to sixty percent of the oh. market share? I tell you what. At that time.
1: And and, and, then, and how many people lived in Pokhara? Uh
0: it was like somewhere like five hundred thousand people. Wow, okay, yeah. half a million, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then, uh but now the population has also grown, and the competition has also grown with the time yeah. because there are like more shops, and then like yeah. m- the more like similar business people yeah. in the field but still uh, we, we we change our strategy from uh, selling it from wholesale market to a kind of niche market okay so that we focus mostly on the good quality products yes yeah, sure. we still have uh, my father and my brother actually my my brother my elder brother he looks after the business He's still working yeah. At yeah. It. yeah and yeah. they're helping me because uh they look after the business and then I am able to go to the village and work with my uh, dream projects, you know. They'd be
1: supplying you with the switches, wouldn't they? (laughs) Uh,
0: Sometimes they do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if I ask, they do. But, like, um,
1: yeah. But we shouldn't lose track because what you said before Uh was that when that business started to become successful, it was not uncommon for them to give away 30 to 40% of their profits. Yeah to uh, p- people in need or village in need or community in need. Yeah. Could you tell us a little bit more about what they created? What did, they, what did those profits actually build and create? So it
0: was mostly with the, with the support for the road programs to the villages yeah. and then support uh, with the schools like yeah. building the school's toilets and then helping them, like we are, they still fund like 10 to 15 different students in various parts of Nepal for the scholarship programs uh, so that they can at least uh, get educated till undergraduation. Mm-hmm. And then um, also with like some tourism things like building the temples and then helping the villagers to... Uh, generate the income on their own. Okay. okay. Giving them like very 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 minimal uh, soft loans without yeah. any interest so that they can grow their business
1: and all this kind of things. So your father and your mother had a social conscience. Yeah. They, that was easy for you as a child to see that in your parents. Yeah. You saw what they were the, doing.
0: Yeah actually that is the inspiration that brought me here you know. Like and also they gave me always the freedom to do this, to go back to the society and to work, you know, like otherwise they would think like, oh, you are already an engineer and a, a MBA graduate. So you should be working somewhere in a business and you should grow the business, make a conglomerate or something like this. But they, they, they never said such things because they just say like, OK, you are doing good. It just becomes safe and healthy. Yeah. yeah, and just support the people. And so that's, that, that's, the, that's driving me since then going to various parts of Nepal and working there.
1: So did I just hear that your parents inspired a, a strong, thriving business that was able to give away 40% of their profits? In the meantime, their son has this university degree yeah. in, uh, let I me do. guess, Electrical engineering. Oh, yeah, (laughs) of course it is. It is. (laughs) In electrical engineering. And despite the fact that you too could be in mainstream business, you too could be perhaps in a way following what your parents did in creating the business, although your parents gave 40% of it away to, to society and community but you have chosen a much more community-orientated, charitable um, pathway. Yeah. What's in it for you? Like, what's the value of that to you? How does that make you feel? Uh, I mean, if someone else wanted to make that type of change in their life, what would you say is the benefit of making that change in their life? So...
0: The, like in everyone's life like the biggest thing that they have to think about is like what are the values that are driven, driving their life you know how they are moving on so the first thing like whatever whatever whoever is is there in different part of the world so the first thing is like its satisfaction so people have to be satisfied with the way of live way of life they are living and then Along with satisfaction come the happiness, the internal happiness I'm talking about. And then that means like, it's not like all the time, it's not materialistic world, you know, because that there are like lots of people in the world who have a lot of money. And then at the end, like it's very hard for them to sleep and to become happy. So they have to consume other things to become happy, you know, they are not naturally happy. They are not sleeping <laughs> naturally, you know, but... But yeah, and then those things are really very important in life, like the satisfaction and then the internal happiness, and then and then taking care about everything that is around you, like whether it be a nature or the people or different kind of animals or whatever, because we are sharing this world or this universe with all the beings with us around, and then all of them have their own frequency and vibration, and we have to respect that. Okay, and then. So those things are really important for me and then and I'm taking those things as the core values of my life and yeah. then and then that's what like people at the end like there is nothing to take away, you know. Like like we all come naked, like with nothing. And then we die naked. We go
1: with nothing. So as a baby we know nothing and we're naked.
0: <laughs> no, when we get into the world like, we, have, we, we come with nothing. Yeah. And whenever we die, like, nobody is going to cremate me, eh, like, or like, like, uh, like, burn me according to the Hindu religion yeah. with all my gold and diamond there. Yeah. So I'm not taking anything. So we are here for a short period of time.
1: Yeah. I want to come back to this concept that you were playing with before um, about we're born with nothing. And even though they may put us in the coffin box. or we get cremated, whatever. They could even put our jewellery on top of it, but we actually don't take it with us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So is there an inference there that maybe in between we should also value nothingness? I'm not saying have nothing, but the value is not being attached to other things... (laughs) that can distract us from the very fact that are we at our most beautiful when we have nothing? (laughs) I'm playing with some images and some thoughts here. Have you got a comment?
0: So on that, like uh, what I say is like nothingness is not just like uh, not having nothing. Even like the people like the ethnic groups or like all these indigenous people for whom I have a biggest respect because they are the only one who is protecting the nature in this entire world. And then even those people like if we see they don't have anything like they don't have the schools, they don't have the hospital nearby and then they are living like a very natural primitive life. And then the degree of happiness and satisfaction, if you go and live there with these people, then you will really feel that, like, how how much is it? It is really very high. Have you done that? Yeah, so many yeah. times. Yeah, like yeah. That's why it's it's those people who drive me to go back to them <laughs> and then work more with the rural places, you know. Do you see that in the Nepalese yeah. villages? Yeah. You yeah. See? yeah. What do you see? Uh, what I see is like, I see like people have very minimum. Yeah. They have, they have a small agricultural land. They, that can feed to them like five to six months in a year. And then rest of the year, they work in various development projects or nearby cities, uh, nearby towns. And then they go back to the village and then they work, they live there connecting with the nature. Uh, when we compare that with the materialistic world, what we see is like they don't, um, they don't have cars they don't have choppers they don't have hospitals but but they are so happy they are so sharing with the community you know like if there is a one small problem in one part of the village in one house then they all the villagers gather together to how to bring call yeah that to the
1: solution you know so, and then so, so there, there's a point that you make right there yeah because what you're saying is is that there in that sense of community that sense of connection with other people in the village they come together to look after each other and that sense of being connected with each other actually is a formula or an inspiration for happiness
0: yeah because because that is the most Because there is no negative energy at all, you know, because everyone is in the same vibration and there is like very less ego and there is always this attitude of being communal and being helping from one family to another. And then there is like this, Uh, different degree of satisfaction. The only thing they don't have is cash. And then whenever we talk about poverty, what I feel is like we have different kinds of poverty, you know, Mm. one is economical poverty that comes with the money and then the assets and all these things that we have. The other thing is like the spiritual poverty, I call it because Yes, people have everything around them, but it's. I told last time I was like it's very hard for them to sleep. Yeah, it's very hard for them to breathe. sometime in the suffocated city, you know. Yeah, and then. Um, they don't have the basics of life. They don't have the purest form of water to drink. They don't yeah. have the cleanest w- air to breathe in. Yeah. And then they are missing all these things. Yeah. And in contrast, when you see the people living in the villages in the in various rural areas, actually they are living very close with nature. They don't have much pollution. Yeah. They are breathing the cleanest air. They are yeah. drinking the cleanest water from the Himalayas springs. And then, and then that's why they are they they are like, um, they are like. In a different different frequency and different mm. uh, energy state than what goes here with all these brains occupied by the daily works, yeah. money making, and yeah. all these things, you know. They are sharing their eggs.
1: Yeah, they are sharing their crops. <laughs> yeah, um, they're sharing whatever good fortune comes their way with, yeah. the, with the with the with the with the community. Yeah, out there. Yeah, now. I think a, a, a good way to explore this a little bit more is now to make reference to your visitors because your visitors are potentially coming from some very well-to-do societies you know you mentioned before you're American visitors so I'm imagining They might have a fair bit going for them, might live in very smart houses, drive very smart cars. I don't really know, but I'm imagining that they do. They've got money. Yeah, they do. But when they come out and they do this work for how long, by the way? Is it a week, two weeks?
0: Uh, Mostly like we do one week week, and a few times we have done two weeks because the first week was the project week. And then they come here, we go to the rural village, we do all our, like, solo installation, we make our hand dirty, and then we, we just scared to finish that in two nights, two and a half days, you know, so yeah. like we just have two days to finish the entire installation yeah. things and then after we do that we 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 have the cultural programs we exchange our cultures and then wow. we learn from each other you know like exactly. it's not just like when we go to the village we are we are giving them a solar grid or we are giving them some education material or some yeah. health facilities it's not like that it's like we are also learning from them and then I think we are also more benefited from them because we get a live uh, action time to know about what I have already discussed about like being happy and then being satisfied and then uh, being like less greedy and then, and then looking after everything that is around you.
1: Well, that's what I was coming to. Yeah. Th- th- these, these visits that you have... What it? What do you see? Is the impact on them? Like, do you actually see them change? Do you see them speak differently? Do you see them soften? Um, do you see them become more happier in their through their visit with divine connection to these villages?
0: What do you see when they go back? They they have like a. They have, like, a transformational uh, thinking going on in their mind in terms of, like, having less, giving more, and then being more satisfied with what we have rather than craving for more and more and more. And then, yeah, doing really good in life and then also helping other people
1: to do good. That's a balance. Yeah. That's a balance. Do you ever see some of your more corporate... um, I'm talking about some participants who might be well up in the company. Do they ever go back to the company and the next thing you know, they've created a company foundation that they've actually activated a more giving or community-orientated philosophy about their profits have you actually yeah seen yeah that? yeah
0: we have seen that because some of our friends they come uh to the to our the solo trick programs in 2016 and 2017 and once they went from here back to their home then they found their own foundation and then they started developing more projects in other rural areas of the world like in east africa like in Kenya, they are doing the water desalination projects. They are I funding know, for yeah. that, and then they are funding for various education and health projects in other part of Africa, mm. in South America, and then in the Southeast Asian nations. So, yeah. so they are actually growing with their business. In the meantime, they are also growing with their foundations, doing yeah. more projects to more people and more community, and making more impact to the uh, to the nature and then to the people
1: in, yeah. in more in a sustainable manner. Yeah. If you had to identify, Ravi, one specific value that you see many of your participants adopt or they strengthen that value so that it comes alive within them. Yeah. Huh? yeah. As a result of this servitude experience here in rural Nepal. What would be that value that you see arise with
0: So, people? one thing arises is, like, they start to compare their life with the life that people are living in those remote areas, you know. Like, they try to... Everyone compares. Like, they see, like, there is no road. There is, like, you have to walk, like, two to three days to reach to the village, even after the airport, nearest airport, or, like, the nearest roadways. Yeah. And then... They don't have, like, multiple cars. They don't have, like, nothing like the materialistic and the wealth-related world. But they they see, like, those villagers being happy all the time, smiling all the time, coming and helping all the time, and try to communicate. And then they see their lifestyle, like, how they live, because they live in their homestays to, together with the family so that they can see, like, what they do every day, you know. Yeah. And then so there is, like, a comparison in everyone's mindset because even if i go somewhere in the ocean because nepal doesn't have any ocean and i like those beaches and i just feel like why don't we have this in our country and this is so cool you know the breeze is different the waves are different and all this kind of thing. so i compare so everyone has this comparative mind and then whenever they come and experience they just see the differences and then they they bring this physical and spiritual things together. Yeah. And then they try to learn from these people like, okay, so we don't need much to be happy. Yeah. We don't need much to be satisfied. When yeah. we earn, we can give back to society. And that's how we make the balance. Mm. Yeah. So, so those are the core things like... What what those most of those participants they feel and then they go back home and then they tell more to their friends and families and then other friends and families are also coming together under the same umbrella to do more towards preserving the nature and then uh, and then supporting the rural rural, pe- rural people with this yeah, basic that, needs of life. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was speaking to one of my participants because of course, why am I here in Kathmandu, Nepal? Is because <laughs> Right at this moment, um, I've just had eight people um, mm-hmm. go to Everest space camp, mm-hmm. magnificent trek over 13 days. Yeah. And I was talking to one of them the other night, and they mentioned the word minimalism. Yeah. <laughs> and they just felt how complex their lives were through having feeling that need to have to have so many things. And so they were they were referring to the importance of taking away that complexity. When we explored it a little bit more uh, with them, um, another who was listening to the conversation spoke of creating more space in their lives. It's really interesting. Rather than... Rather than seek the busyness and and growth and you know, building the empire, they thinking the other way. You know, create create the space. You refer a lot to nature in your uh, in your in your talk too. Why be one with nature? Why is it essential that we are one with nature? What is the what is the concept of being? One unify are we unified with nature? Are we are we all part of the same thing, nature and I? Actually yes. Because we well, are naturally s- yes. Yeah we
0: are. The tree separate from me. No? No. Because because there is like there is like this universal frequency, there's like the universal existence, and all these things are happening because there is tree, and that tree is giving us oxygen. And that's why we are able to breathe and we are able to make our old cells alive. So When you, know? you
1: breathe in the oxygen, yeah. you're saying, it, do you believe that there is even particles of what you breathe that yeah. actually are part of the leaf that gave you oxygen?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean that, 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 I mean, that
1: means you are breathing in the tree. Yeah. So now you are one Yeah, with nature. Yeah. Wow! So when you drink the water, the water becomes you, nature becomes you. When you eat the carrot, the carrot is underground drawing from the nutrients that were inspired by rain, the earth, Mm -hmm. minerals, Mm -hmm. and the sun, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So all of that becomes part of you. Yeah. So you're saying you i we and nature yeah we're all one
0: yeah we all are one and we what we should think is like there are so many philosophies of shamanism in different parts of the world and in some of them they follow this language where they don't have anything called i and you yeah it's only we all the time yeah. so those languages actually they don't have i or you you yeah. know they they have only we Whenever you say like this, or just we. So that means like the collective energy, like the collective things. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you, in your language, do you? Use, do you do, are you mindful of not using the word I, or do you no, see actually use we? The word we.
0: Oh, <laughs> of course, of course, we. I all most of the time I say we, but like of course, like some of the time of your well-being, like whenever you want to do yoga or you want to do something for yourselves because all these things come because you need to be fit first, you know? Like we need to be physically and mentally fit by ourselves. Then only we can go back to society or we can help with others and all these things. Yeah. So only I comes like whenever you are doing this spiritual practices, such like yoga, meditation and caring of yourself. And then... Besides that, I think all the time it should be we.
1: <laughs> Fascinating perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ruby, what three primary values drive your life? Now, I'm only going to give you two sentences to describe each value. You've got to be so succinct. I want our listeners to hear... Th- that value specifically. What is your first value? that's uncompromisable, and it drives your daily existence. So it's it's satisfaction. What is so? Tell me
0: more. Yeah, what I told. Give that, a verb. Yeah, I have Give already verb. <laughs> like I have already told like the so satisfaction is the biggest thing because um, whatever you do in your life, like every day, let's say, like are you really? Satisfied with what you are doing, what you have been doing, or what you are planning to do, yeah. with whom you are living, what yeah. kind of nature you are living. Yeah. So you need satisfaction in different forms, in different dimensions. Mm. So if you are satisfied in all these perspectives of life, mm. then actually you are satisfied.
1: If I threw back at you and, and a slightly different word, but yeah. please don't let me put words in your mouth, you disagree with me, if you will. Yeah. I th- feel are saying is... One must live their clearly defined purpose in all dimensions of their life. Purpose is not just professional. Yeah. Purpose is not just physical. You know, getting to eighty nine kilos because you're ten kilos overweight. Purpose is a a, a a way of life, a, a picture of what your life looks like in all its dimensions and satisfaction comes from living fully that purpose. Yeah. So how are you going in your life living your purpose? I think I'm
0: living a very satisfied life because uh, as I told you, like I am always, always connected with society and nature and everything. I've been working with them and then I'm so strongly connected with these things. Like, they make me so satisfied, you know, like when I go to the village and then work and then we've complete one grid, like let's say we complete one project. And in the last night, I see this happiness in the eyes of the people, like even some of them cry because of the happiness. And then all these things actually satisfy me yeah. and my soul. Yeah. So I'm, I think I'm totally satisfied.
1: Yeah. Ravi, Chiso. so I've enjoyed this experience um, this afternoon in room four of Patala Guest House Kathmandu (laughs) yeah apologies to our listeners if by chance the usual audio quality has been compromised but I tell you what hasn't been compromised is this wonderful message um, and this wonderful exceptional work that you and the divine connection thanks to your university buddies yeah. to getting together and creating this mindset, but also then for sharing it in action so that people can come to you and with you actually serve community, um, give to community, and give stuff that is so substantially valuable um, to them. Mate, you are doing a, a colossal job. Thank you for also inviting us Westerners to see this and to and to learn from you, um, so it, 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 I've learned a lot from you this afternoon, and I I do thank you ever so much. Yeah,
0: yeah, thank you very much, Bernie. Thank yeah. you for uh, um, calling me on this thing, and then we just met yesterday, and then yeah. we just became good friends in like twenty four, not even twenty four hours, and then now we are talking about like different prospects of life and yeah. what we do and actually I think um, we, we are doing good with uh, nature and with the people and with society and then uh, we, we are, have, we are ho- hoping to have more more people with similar thoughts so that we will balance the whole ecosystem and we will yeah. live in yeah. beautiful yeah. peace and harmony yeah. Yeah. that imaginary world yeah. but yeah. if we work together it yeah. won't be imaginary it will yeah. be real
1: Thank you very much. Well, real pleasure. But one thing you just said there that that strikes me as gold, 24 hours, you said, we become such good friends. You know, isn't that the way it should be? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There's so many people out there to connect with, and there's so many people who, unfortunately, as others strive to connect with them, there's still a fear and a resistance. And yet... Look how much we've learnt from each other in the the last 24 hours. My commitment to you, good man, is is I look forward to bringing many more participants to Nepal in April next year and again in September, October of 2023 and in December. And one of the things that I will be looking at is offering my trekkers, my participants – the opportunity to see divine connection in action and participate with you. I think that would be an outstanding experience. Ravi GC, congratulations, and thank you for being part of our Journey with with Bernie. Bernie.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Bernie.
1: See you, folks. Well, I do hope you enjoyed today's episode of A Journey with Bernie. Folks, I loved it. Contact and connection details of today's podcast guest and any references to resource materials, books or educational sources, they can all be found in the podcast notes. Do go there, folks. And by the way, Our guests would also welcome your feedback. Get in contact with them. Now, for those of you who have previously rung me about joining our forthcoming adventures to Nepal and those glorious Himalayan trekking trails this October or in April of 2023, it's great to have you on board. I am so thrilled. Can you imagine it? you and I walking to Everest Base Camp together or summiting Nepal's highest trekable peak, Mount Merah, at 6,400 metres or just absorbing the beautiful Gokyo Lakes. It's all available to you, folks. Just give me a call on 0412 982 444. Of course, if you're ringing from outside Australia, you're welcome, but you'll need to ring plus 61. It would be great to walk in that environment with you. Hey, dear people, thank you for joining us. Embrace the journey, hey? Just love the journey of life and just remember...